Hello, and welcome to the Engineering Career Coach Podcast. In this episode, I will be talking to Mark Wainwright. He's a principal and owner at Wainwright Insight about sales and engineering. Most, if not all, engineers are involved in selling their services in some way or need to sell themselves in different ways throughout their career. In this episode, Mark will explore what firms can do to help increase their team's sales skills and confidence to help grow their business. I'm your host, Jeff Perry. I'm the founder of More Than Engineering, and I'm a leadership and career coach for engineers. And this is the Engineering Career Coach Podcast. It's the first podcast dedicated to helping engineers and technical professionals with both their personal and professional development. Before we get started, I want to mention that this is a free show, and our sponsors help us to keep it free. So I'd like to recognize our sponsor for this episode, Washington State University. Washington State University's Engineering and Technology Management Master's Degree Program is a perfect balance of technical and managerial education that helps prepare practicing engineers for managing projects, people, and organizational systems. As one former student noted, the knowledge that I gained from the ETM program helped me become a more competent, confident engineer and manager. The program greatly impacted my career and has been a key element in my continued success. You can learn more about the engineering management profession at etm.wsu.edu, or you can email them at etm at wsu.edu. Take charge of your career and reach out today. Now let's jump right in. Now it's time to jump into the main segment of our episode. Today I'm talking with Mark Wainwright and we'll be talking about sales in engineering. Mark, we're excited to have you on the Engineering Career Coach podcast. Great, I'm happy to be here. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Before we really dive into the topic here, I'm curious if you can tell us and our audience a little bit more about what it is you do on a daily basis. I am a part-time sales manager for part-time salespeople. I know that sounds a little strange to a number of the listeners, but my title is a fractional sales manager and I work as an independent consultant to professional services firms. So I work with experts where sales is not their primary job responsibility. And most of these people are kind of considered doer sellers. And I help coach and guide them as they find and win new work for their firms. And I work with all different types of firms. I work with engineering firms, architecture firms. I work with financial advisors and economists and analysts. So a bunch of different types of professions that are all people who are experts in their craft, but not necessarily in the world of sales. So can you give us a little bit of an insight into what that relationship looks like and how you're able to move the needle with some of the things that they're looking to improve on? There's two big parts that individuals are looking for. They're looking for skill development because throughout their professional careers, they haven't been exposed a lot to you know, formal sales practices. So their firms don't have maybe processes in place, nor uh, have they experienced any formal training. They haven't gained any expertise in that area, but they're also looking to just get organized. They want to be more organized. They want to be more confident. Uh, so the individuals want the skills, but they also want this level of confidence and organization that comes along with sales management. And I help with both of those things. I work with individuals one-on-one. So there's an individual coaching aspect to this. And then as an organization, I work with all the people who I consider part of the sales team, anyone who's responsible or participating in revenue generation in some way. 
So we help manage the sales pipeline, which is all of the new business opportunities that come before they're contracted. And you're not going to win all of those. So we have to manage those through the sales process. Then I also work with them from a prospecting aspect as well. And prospecting is generally sort of proactive outreach to prospective clients, either their recent clients, current clients, or maybe clients that you haven't worked with at all, where you're going to reach out to them. And you know, it's some people think, oh, that's a cold call. And well, maybe it is, and maybe it's not. Hopefully, if things come together right, or there aren't needs for a lot of cold calling, hopefully there's opportunities just for nice, warm conversations. Maybe someone can refer you to someone else. Someone can make professional connections. And prospecting is, is what a, an individual sales leader in a firm can do to generate new leads, then come into the sales pipeline that we work for the pipeline, and hopefully they become contracted work. Let's get down to kind of generalizing some of these ideas for the audience here. So Mark, can we get into it and talk about why you believe that all technical professionals really should build their sales skills and why that's important? And I think it's important to define sales. Sales isn't really a very popular term with architects and engineers and other professionals. I define sales as the one-to-one interactions that a professional can have with a prospective or even current client. I define marketing as those one-to-many activities that individuals can participate in, going to a conference, doing networking, creating blog posts, other maintaining websites, et cetera. That is designed for a one-to-many art audience. You know, so you're an individual, you're writing a blog post that goes out to all the viewers. But really where practitioners have a difficult time are these one-to-one interactions that are sales interactions. I think all individuals in a firm can and often do participate in some aspect of sales, whether it's the proposal end of things or whether it's those initial getting to know you conversations, or it's shepherding an opportunity all the way from, hello, nice to meet you, to you know now we're working together. All individuals in a firm can participate in some way, either a leading role or a supporting role. The knowledge and experience that people can gain through participating in various capacities can help prepare them to be successful future leaders. When an individual gets to a point in their career where they want to move to senior leadership and potentially ownership, sales becomes kind of a compulsory part of their sort of toolkit. Most senior leaders and firm owners are equipped with the basic sales skills they need in order to find and win work. In your opinion, what are some of the ways that technical professionals could increase their skills in this area? And also beyond the skills, also just their confidence in the world of sales. Practice is the word I use most often, right? Just getting out there and doing it. And just to sort of take the edge off of of sales and what selling is, sales is simply a series of conversations that start with simple uh, getting to know you conversations that move to discovery conversations where you're investigating the needs and desires and goals of your prospective clients to where you're discussing particular solutions you're negotiating specific aspects of the work, your contract in that work, and then you're continuing that work together. So individuals can practice and get better at sales just by participating in sales conversations in any way. When we bring a process to sales, it breaks down those conversations into a logical series of steps. Like I just spoke through there, getting to know you and discovering work and proposing solutions. And if individuals want to get better at sales, they simply have to be either a supporting 
play a supporting role or a lead participant in those conversations? We've talked so far about a number of pieces here, and you mentioned, I believe, that organizations of pretty much any size can really benefit from some sales management uh, processes and help. But what piece of this, the thing you talked about, you kind of go in as a coach and a trainer. So how can firms implement more sales training with their staff? And without, sometimes we have to balance this training and like actually getting the work done. So how do you balance that and really maximize time invested with the impact and the results you're looking for? That's a, a reoccurring question that I discuss with typically my prospective clients. Most are concerned about you know, utilization rates. They want to keep people uh, engaged in their billable work. They want people to maximize their time. And it's part of my approach. And you mentioned the word training before. And Training and coaching are related. Maybe they're cousins. My approach is a little bit more coaching focused in that it's I spend less time per week overall with individuals and teams compared to maybe a training approach. I think a lot of people picture training as individuals are going to leave their job. They're going to leave their workplace. They're either going to do something online or they're going to do an in-person training event. It's going to be a half day, full day, maybe multiple days. They're going to go. It's going to be an immersive experience and they're going to come back and hopefully retain in that information and then implement it moving forward. Coaching implements little bits of information at a time, lets people practice, test, and then they come back and say, look, Mark, what we talked about doesn't work so well, or I had a really hard time with it. We kind of uncover the barriers or whatever issues came up. Maybe we change course a little bit, and then they go out and, and, and practice it a, a bit more. So my approach is a little bit different from training, but most firms need some exposure to sales coaching, training, whatever it is. Sales is a process. And one of the things you'll find if you experience sales training and sales coaching, a lot of trainers and coaches talk through these, these processes. Processes are super important for technical professionals who work through design processes, engineering processes in their job throughout the course of the day. So they're left-brained individuals who are very, they don't deal well with ambiguity. They're very organized. They like to be very specific with their jobs. So introducing sales as a process to them and then coaching and guiding them as they learn and practice it is the way that you can get technically minded engineers, architects, whoever they are to embrace and start to learn sales. It's not just kind of this trading, training or coaching time for the productivity, like doing the billable hours or utilization rates and things, but really working through and establishing the processes and refining processes, which I think engineers can really get behind with a lot of the work that they do anyway. They're always trying to find ways to improve. And this is just another process that's critical to a firm's success that you're needing to dial in and improve and, and move through improvement. That utilization question, you know, being most, being really, really effective, you know, utilization is funny and I'm not going to go too far off on this because it's not an incredible, it's not a powerful gauge of productivity. My hope is to make individuals really efficient and effective with the time spent doing sales related activities and utilization is focused on the billable hour and some individuals across the firm can be dramatically more productive in a given hour on a particular task and in particular work. So it's a little bit tricky there, but nevertheless, 
it is my hope that the sort of just in time little bits of training and guidance that I provide and other coaches provide help people maximize that amount of time that they spend in that changes, you know, younger kind of emerging firm leaders spend half an hour, an hour, whatever it is every week participating in sales related activities on average. Senior leaders will spend much more than that. But regardless of what their role is, they all have to be very efficient with that time. I just want to take a quick break here and once again recognize our sponsor for this podcast episode, Washington State University. The Engineering and Technology Management Program at Washington State University is a systematic approach to professional development for practicing engineers to shift from fully technical positions into leading technical employees and systems. A fully online master's degree program, students take classes at night and often implement class lessons in their positions at work before the next class. Learn more about a master's degree in engineering and technology management at etm.wsu.edu or email them at etm at wsu.edu. Take charge of your career and reach out today. Let's move on here and talk about how when we're investing our time into this training and development of, of our people, I understand that, right? What we're really trying to do is, is maximize your time, like you said, any time that is spent on these activities, which means that we have to influence behavior of people, which can sometimes be a difficult thing to do. So how would you say that we can actually change critical behavior that is maybe changing some beliefs and activities that people have been doing for a long time and, and make those changes with staff and also with leaders of businesses who have been doing this a long time? Prior to what I'm doing right now, I worked with a firm called Cotter International. I think they're called Cotter Inc. right now. And uh, it was formed and led by John Cotter, who is a longtime Harvard Business School exec. He wrote the book Leading Change and a bunch of other books. And I have a brand new book that he authored. It was released very recently. He's a, a wonderful guy and a lifelong learner. And he gives that impression. He instills that in, in everyone that he works with. So his main area of focus was leadership and change. And I worked with John for about six years or so. There is some connection here to the AEC industry and the work that I do. And that I believe, and I understand very, very clearly that what I do requires uh, behavior change. It requires individuals to think and do things differently and to have a slightly different mindset than they do. One area that we can point to very specifically when it comes to change is the industry is built to be more reactive to new business opportunities than to be proactive, meaning that most firms and most individuals come to the understanding that new businesses develop because a client or a prospective client, an agency, whoever it is, issues a request for proposals or a request for qualifications. The firm scrambles around and pulls together their qualifications, their experience, they pull together some sort of a, a team of consultants if necessary. They pull that information together and they submit that. And they do so without any or very little engagement, conversation, discussion with that prospective client, right? So it's very reactive. The client says, this is what we need. Everyone reacts to that, provides their submittals. They go through a very prescriptive selection process. There's a panel, there's interviews, other things like that. So my behavior change and my mindset shift that I want individuals and firms to go through is that if they can shift to being more proactive, then they can take control of the future of their firm. They can self-determine the types of clients they work with, 
the types of projects they work on. And in general, you know, how their team members are envisioning the future of their firm. At any given moment, a firm, if they have a full plate of work, hopefully most of that work is work that they enjoy, that they're good at, that they're working with clients that appreciate them and they appreciate and where they can be mutually successful. But unfortunately, there is a minority of the of projects you know, work in front of someone on a given day that isn't taking them where they want to be, isn't an ideal project. Maybe it's something they picked up. They, you know, someone's a few people, they were getting a little light on hours. They said, all right, we're going to take that job over there, right? They bring the work in. People aren't really happy with it. The client's difficult. Ultimately, the firm maybe doesn't make the profit they wanted to. Things are, are tricky, whatever else. If you can be more proactive, that means you can fill your pipeline, which is possible new business. You can fill your pipeline with ideal projects. Then you can be selective and you can select out the projects or the clients that you sense are not going to be a good fit or are not taking you in a growth direction. Are not, oh, we're so good. We've done that that work for decades now. We're just good at it, but we're kind of tired of it. We want to move on. We want to grow. We want to do this different type of work. One of those projects that holds you back shows up, you take it because people are light on hours and you don't advance and grow. That's that mindset shift I think you're, that you're referring to. And I really am glad that you brought up the mindset piece. It's something that I believe in very strongly that our mindset fuels our behavior and we can't just change behavior without changing the mindset, what we believe about ourselves and the situations that we're placed in and moving through both the challenges we face and the opportunities that come our way. And so shifting those beliefs about who we are and what we need to be doing is a much firmer and solid foundation for behavior change as we move through this. Would you agree with that, Mark? I would absolutely agree. One of the other things that I explore with the firms and individuals I work with has to do with these basic characteristics that we've kind of lost track of. And and one of them is curiosity. And, you know, curiosity is so compelling in all parts of one's work particularly in sales, actually, because I think as experts, a lot of individuals kind of come into a situation, come into a conversation, come into a meeting with the mindset that, look, I'm the expert and I have to have all the answers, right? Which means that I can't be asking all these questions and I'm not going to come in there with a very a curious mindset. Actually, the opposite needs to be true. You know, Experts should come into situations with an extreme sense of curiosity, which drives asking questions, which And a lot of those questions start with the word, why? You know, why is this? Why is that? Why do you want to do this? Why do you want to achieve this? Why is this such an important project for you now? What are your goals? What outcomes do you want to see coming out of this? So curiosity is wonderful. And that's clearly a mindset shift. You know, if an individual is going to come into a meeting with the mindset of, I'm the expert, I'm going to have all the answers. They're not going to ask me anything that I'm not going to have a a sufficient response to. That's an expert's mindset right there. I want people to just come in with a little more humility and a little greater curiosity. And those are absolutely mindsets that can shift if people come to understand that that's an important part of it. The great thing is, is that when you come in curious, you ask and you understand more about what your potential client really needs, then you have this opportunity to actually design and deliver an even better solution because you understand them better than if you just came with all the answers, right? So true. Let's talk about engineers and these, these kind of left brain uh, people. But, but you believe that engineers can be taught this left brain logical sales methodology and that sales isn't just for those right brain networkers or keepers of this the secret sauce who maybe feel like they're born extroverts and whatnot. So can you talk more about that, how we can tap into the natural skills of everyone to deliver better sales 
results. Sales gets a bad rap, I think, uh, you know, because people conjure up memories of that, you know, or pictures in their mind of that used car salesman where people are maybe deceitful or tricky or slimy or whatever it is. Sales really needs to be a process and it needs to have a series of logical steps that leads from one place to another place. And throughout the sales process, as salespeople, we need to be guides and guides help bring direction and clarity to situations that are often unclear. And another sort of mindset uh, aspect of all this is I think sellers believe that buyers come into the sales, to the buying selling process with a sense of just crystal clear understanding of exactly what they want, what they need, what the outcomes are going to be, how it's going to go, what they're going to pay, how long it's going to take, you know, all those sort of things. And none of that is true. When buyers and sellers come into that buying selling process, that sort of transaction, buyers can often be as confused and cloudy about what's going to happen as maybe a seller is. So it's my hope that with a solid process that salespeople, sales professionals, sales leaders and firms cannot just sort of bring the solution, but also help provide guidance and clarity to an often fuzzy, ambiguous process. When we talk about steps, you know, we talk about the first step being a, a get to know you process where we're building a rapport with prospective clients. And it's very important very early on to say, and following this step, this has been a wonderful conversation and following this step, these are the types of steps that we move through whenever we're in this sort of buying, selling situation, right? So our next conversation should be a little bit longer. It should be something that is a deeper discovery of what your needs are, maybe the details with the work to be done, what types of team members are involved, et cetera, whatever it is. So that's more of a discovery conversation. So that's a second conversation and you're helping guide that client from the introductory conversation. Hello, we need to build rapport because we need to get along because we're going to work together for a while. So let's get to know each other a little bit first, then to a discovery conversation where we understand the work to be done a little bit more deeply and we understand each other more deeply. But only after that discovery step happens, can we actually propose work? The fog comes in when we don't have a sufficient discovery step in the sales process and we have to lead with a bunch of assumptions. We have to make guesses. We throw a bunch of boilerplate scopes of work at a particular project, and we come back with an approach that's probably off the mark because we haven't had a thorough enough discovery step where we've asked a lot of questions. The picture I'm trying to paint here is that there are very clear steps in a sales process. They follow a logic. They're not contrived. You know, They're not sort of just developed because this is how you do sales, but it's just a very natural, rational logical process that we move from getting to know one another, getting a, a deeper understanding. And then after we've had that understanding, being able to propose a solution that we can then co-create together as we suss out the details with the timing and the fees and everything else concerned. So it is the job of the salesperson who does this type of thing very frequently to be the guide, to clear away the fog and to bring some order to the process. Because it is entirely possible that a buyer of a particular service or a buyer that comes to your firm with a particular need has never bought that before. That might not be the case, but they may have never purchased this before. So they don't know how to buy it. So as the guide, you have this opportunity to help them be a better buyer. And, and it's going to help your whole engagement be more positive from because this is the real start of that relationship that engagement. Correct. 
Do you have any advice for any of our listeners? Sales is a huge part to owning or starting a firm. So any people who are considering to start or recently started their own firm, that any advice or insight you might have for them? This harkens back to the work I did with John Cotter. Uh, I mentioned he was focused on leadership and change, and those things are, are very tightly related. I think it was Ralph Nader that said, the function of leadership is produce more leaders, not followers. And there's other famous quotes out there that are very similar to that. But I think that's often forgotten, particularly by entrepreneurs who maybe there's a handful of individuals, say they're engineering professionals in a larger firm and they break off and start a smaller firm of their own. They take a few clients, they get going, they get running. These are typically engineers who are somewhat fluent in the different aspects of business. Like they kind of understand the different functions. They understand the sales function, the HR function, you know, finances, other things like that. And if they don't, they surround themselves with those people that can do that. But one thing they fail to do is to build more leaders. I believe it is a primary function of leaders, whether they're, it's a longtime firm or whether it's an entrepreneurial firm that is just starting out. Leaders need to build more leaders. And particularly when we're talking about sales and we're looking at this through the sales lens, that means exposing individuals who are up and coming, you know, future potential firm leaders to sales, to the process of selling, to these sales conversations, you know, having them involved either in a supporting role or a leading role early on in their career so that they can build that really, really important function that all firms need, regardless of size. At this point, we're going to transition to our Take Action Today segment of the show, where we'll get one final takeaway from Mark. We'll be back in just a moment. Now it's time for our Take Action Today segment of the show. We've been talking with Mark Wainwright about sales and engineering, but Mark, do you mind telling us a little bit about how engineers and firm leaders can think about how they prepare for sales conversations and why that's so important. I think there's a perception out there that sales is just shooting from the hip constantly. You know, you have to be fluid and ready for things to change. And, you know, it's for the people who are extroverts and just really flexible in their conversation and not for the introverts out there where I think a lot of engineers sort of find themselves there is an aspect of everything, and sales is, is included in this, of planning and preparation that is critical for success. The most successful professionals, sales professionals, engineers, whoever they might be, whatever they're working on, benefit from proper planning and preparation. In the work I do, I help individuals and firms understand the importance of and then learn how to plan and prepare for really important sales conversations planning around really important clients, how you can maximize those relationships, et cetera. So the big takeaway here is that you know sales shouldn't be shooting from the hip. It's not just for the extroverts. It's for the introverts who appreciate being deliberate, who appreciate planning. And there's several resources you know, on my site that talk about how firms and individuals can be more prepared and plan for the important steps in a selling process. So absolutely, it's not just for the extroverts and the people who are the schmoozers in the room. I believe that the most successful people in sales are the people who are prepared, organized, diligent, and just have their stuff together. Those individuals will tend to be most successful. Thanks for sharing that. And, and thanks so much for all of your insights today, Mark. I've enjoyed it and learned a lot, and I think our listeners will too. If there are people who are interested in, in connecting with you or hearing about or, or finding some of these resources you mentioned, 
where would you point them so they can learn more? My site's hopefully a, a good resource. Uh, it's wainwrightinsight.com. And the spelling can be a little tricky, but we'll probably link to that somewhere here. And obviously people can reach out to me as they like. I'm a, I'm a frequent flyer on other social channels like LinkedIn. Hopefully your audience will appreciate the conversation we've had today. I really appreciate uh, the time today, Jeff. This has been great. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much and wish you uh, nothing but the best as you move forward, Mark. Thanks so much. Great. Thanks, Jeff. I hope you enjoyed the episode today. We would love to hear your feedback, comments, and questions. Please go to engineeringmanagementinstitute.org where you will find a summary of the key points discussed in today's episode, as well as any links to any of the resources, websites, or books mentioned during this episode. And don't forget to check out any upcoming live webinars at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. Additionally, for any engineers who are struggling with unemployment or underemployment or uncertain about how to make an intentional career transition, I have created some free training resources with an opportunity to join a more intensive program called the Engineering Career Accelerator. You can find more information at engineeringcareeraccelerator.com. Until next time, I wish you the best in all of your engineering endeavors. The strategies that you heard in this episode will be of no use to you unless you take action and start to implement them in your career immediately. To help you do that, we have designed a system that you can use at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. It combines live monthly webinars with PDHs, plus a private forum giving you access to coaches and premium content focused on helping you build your management and leadership skills. Join us for our next live webinar at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org and we'll help you engineer your own success.